0: Methodist Church. We are glad you have joined us on this All Hallows Eve. I mean, where else will you see a director of youth and family ministries dressed like a convict? I'm just asking. (laughs) Welcome to you online as well. For those in the congregation, please stand as we sing together, Holy, Holy, Holy.
1: It is really good to be, there you go, thank you, it is good to be on the outside with you all in this beautiful church, and we really missed uh, Halloween last year because it is a chance for us to be creative and follow our creative God in all his creativity and to uh, experience the joy and the fun of this holiday. And so, uh, without much uh, ado, I want to invite my children and youth that are decorated, Costumed, they have decorated your bodies with a costume and to come and line up up here, and then we will march to the gym where we're having our annual Halloween party. So come on down, young ones that are in your costumes. I would love to see you all just kind of come down here, give yourself a little bit of space. All right, very good. Let's give them a round of applause as they come down here. So cool. All right, woohoo, come on down. oh we have a mini mouse very good oh my goodness look at these princesses and these warriors all right Devin are you getting this where's Devin okay good we have so let's get a great picture everybody look over here at Miss April all right let's pray and then we will head off to our Halloween party are you excited about our Halloween party today all right good me too all right, we have one more. Come on down. You're coming over. Yay! Hi, bell. All right, let's pray. Creator God, thank you for your creativity that you have given to us. Thank you for the joy of um, this holiday and just the fun that it brings and the chance to dress up and use our imaginations. I pray that the spirit of Halloween, of this kind of creativity, would follow these children and youth throughout their lives. And they would always dream big dreams. They would uh, get inspiration from you and from this world. And they would do wonderful things in light of that creative God that we follow. Thank you for today. Keep all of the children and youth in our community safe this holiday. May it be a fun time, a a celebration of being able to be out and to trick-or-treat and to go to parties, uh, but keep everyone safe. And we thank you and we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. If we're going to follow Miss April, right up the center aisle here so you can get a good look at all of our kids. And while they go off to the gym, I invite all of you. Oh, sure. Give them a round of applause. I invite you all to stand and socially distance past the piece with waves and elbow bumps or whatever you'd like to do that is safe.
2: Join me now and take our seats as we enter into a moment of prayer. Take a deep breath, let out the stresses of this world, and open your hearts for the movement of the Spirit. Holy Creator, we gather today in your deep and affirming presence. God, we are so grateful for you and for this beautiful world that you have created. For the Holy Spirit that moves in our lives like the breath of God on the face of creation. And for your Son, Jesus, who has delivered us from so many of the things of this world that would keep us bound to our own worries and insecurities our fears and our hesitations. God, this morning we thank you for this family of faith. We thank you for your everlasting grace. Fill us and guide us and make us bold in our assurance that you are with us in all things. Help us to be more of what you seek in the world so that we may build communities of peace and love and transformation where all are accepted for who they are and all find a way home. Dear God, this morning we lift up all those who grieve, who have known sorrow, who at times feel alone or are crippled by doubt and worries about their self-worth. May they feel your presence. May they know you. May they know how loved they are and that even in the darkest of moments, they are never alone. We pray for all those who are struggling with illness of all kinds, and we pray for the worldwide fight to eradicate the coronavirus. We pray for equitable access to the most effective vaccines for the entire world, not just our nation. And we pray that those who are able to access it will take advantage of it to protect the most vulnerable and to save lives and to bring an end to the suffering. Pour your healing presence over all who are ill and all who struggle. We know this is a time also of deep economic insecurity and uncertainty for so many people. May you give them strength and protection while they seek stability. And for those in their lives right now who find themselves at a crossroads, uncertain of which path to take, We're asking for questions of discernment, we pray that you will guide them and help them to find clarity in those moments as they begin the next steps of their journey. As we enter into the fall and winter season, indeed on this beautiful, cloudy All Hallows' Eve, we are especially mindful of our houseless neighbors. We offer gratitude that some of our neighbors here at church have received services and found shelter but we confess that still so many more remain in unsafe circumstances. We pray for these men, women, and children that live on the streets of Los Angeles. Not only will they find safety and be safe and be treated with respect and dignity, but that there will be a political will, a social will, and a spiritual uprising in our community, at our city council, and at the state level to fight together for solutions and affordable and social housing. Dear God, we pray for the family of Pastor Mark and the continued health concerns of his mother. We pray for the continued healing of our brother Richard Settle, and for all in our community who may be ill or struggle. Dear God, we have so many more prayers on our hearts for the world, for our friends and neighbors, and for others, and sometimes we just cannot find the words, but we know that you are always listening. And so now we take a moment of silence to offer those to you, those that prayers that remain on our hearts. We offer all this and more to you, Holy One, and we offer our thanks for your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray in your name. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning, friends. Good morning. My name is Pastor Brighty, and it is so good to see so many of you here with us in person and also good morning to all of our friends who are worshiping online. We are so grateful to have you here. I wanna remind everyone that we are encouraging you to come back to church as you're able, and if you're vaccinated, and if you're not, to continue to enjoy our services and participate in many of our online offerings, and to wear your mask while you're in the sanctuary, unless you're on mic duty like I am right now. I have a couple of really important announcements that I wanna share with you. There's a lot of wonderful things coming up in the life of the church. Next Sunday is All Saints Sunday. And so if you have names that you would like to share with Pastor Kathy of the loved ones that may have passed in the last year that you would like to have read during the service, please get those to her by November 3rd. A lot of us have known a lot of loss in the past year and we would like to pray for you, your family and your loved ones. So please send those names to us. You have one last chance to become a new member I mean, there'll be more in the future, but we're actually in the process of doing new membership classes right now. This isn't the end of it, but this Wednesday, also the third at 7 p.m., we have a Zoom class and you can email revkathy at hollywoodumc.org for the Zoom link. We've had a ton of people joining that class. It's really exciting. We're hoping to bring new members into membership here right in the sanctuary very soon and you could be one of them. Compassion Bears, our wonderful ministry where we decorate bears for children, living with illness and HIV and AIDS, and get them delivered not just at Christmas, but year-round, will be available starting on the 7th of November, which is next Sunday, and they're due back by the 28th of November. And for those of you who are not in the know, you get to take home a soft, cuddly teddy bear and dress them to the your heart's desire and return them decorated for kids who need them. And we are seeking Advent devotional writers. Once again, you can email Rev Cathy, if you're willing to write a devotion for our community, and we will be sharing it online. And it's a really wonderful way to be in ministry and in relationship with your fellow church members and with our larger community, because we make that available to everyone. And lastly, I invite you to share as generously as you are able today in our time of offering. Um, our offering basket is outside and you can give your donation in the basket if you brought it in person when you leave. There's also many ways to give online and this QRC code. Um, all of the ministry that we do here, everything that happens in the heart of Hollywood is because of the generosity and faithfulness of our members and our community. And of course, because of our God who guides us and we need your gifts. The pandemic has been difficult for all of us and for our church. And we want to continue to have a thriving ministry that breaks boundaries, welcomes all people home and seeks to be the heart of justice here in Hollywood. And we're doing that and we're doing it because of your faithful gifts and presence. With that said, I want to say Happy Halloween to you, All Hallows' Eve, um, and have a wonderful Sunday.
0: what a gift John West is to all of us and to our ministry. And we are accepting donations for an organ cam so that we can capture all of the movements that you all couldn't see, but I could. So (laughs) let us continue in worship.
3: A reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 14. Philip said to him, But if you do not, then believe me because of the works of themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater work than these. Because I am going to the Father, I will do what you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will also live. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
4: At Harmony to Luca Lake and Hollywood United Methodist Church are going to spend time this fall studying my new book Freeing Jesus. Freeing Jesus was a really great book to write during the pandemic. It gave me time to think back about my own journey as a Christian and how I've experienced Jesus in a number of different ways as friend, teacher, Savior, Lord, Way, and Presence. The book is theological, and it's also memoir, but mostly it invites you to think about your own story with Jesus over time. And I hope that as you enter into it, that you will discover not only Jesus, but your own heart, and that you might hear where God is calling you next. I hope you'll have a great time together, and I hope that my words will resonate with you, take you to places you didn't imagine, and challenge you to see Jesus in new ways.
0: We're grateful to Diana Butler Bass for her introduction into what has been our fall sermon series entitled, Freeing Jesus. In the introduction to her book, Diana talks about an experience she had at the Washington National Cathedral some years ago. She was kneeling in one of the side chapels in that magnificent cathedral, and she was looking up at a triptych of Jesus, and she distinctly heard him say, get me out of here. And he wasn't talking about the cathedral, but that's a wonderfully progressive community. He was talking about the institutional church as a whole. And it led Diana to ponder what it means to really free Jesus from the baggage that we as the institutional church and Christians of many types have placed on him. Baggage that seeks to exclude rather than to welcome. How can we gain a renewed sense of who Jesus is and his power in our life today? That has been our focus this fall. Now there are six distinct ways in which Diana has experienced Jesus that she shares. And we have considered them as Jesus as friend, as teacher, as Lord, as savior, and way. And today we'll conclude by focusing on Jesus as presence. Now, this concept may be a little bit abstract for some of us. Uh, It came up at our uh, Freeing Jesus Zoom discussion last Wednesday night, when I asked the group where they feel the presence of Jesus most closely, we all, and including me, Referred to the presence of God rather than the presence of Jesus. We know that Jesus said when, told his disciples rather, that when two or three gather in his name, he would be there in the midst of them. In today's passage, returning again to the 14th chapter of John, Jesus responds to Philip, who Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And then Jesus says, hey, but I've been with you this entire time. Philip, don't you know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? Well, Diana points out that early Christians had a hard time figuring out who Jesus was, especially those new Jesus followers who were Jews. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. That's a passage from the Torah it's a central vision of Judaism. Even though those first disciples believed he was the Messiah, they wondered how they could worship him. Only God could be venerated, yet the young Christian community experienced Jesus in ways that seemed to make him equal to God. Did God exist as two, as father and son? And then what of the spirit? When Jesus breathed on his friends and gifted them his spirit, when the one called the Comforter makes her presence known, is God one, two, or three? Well, it took the church a few hundred years to distill a concept which we embrace today, which we sang about in our opening hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy. That concept is known as the Trinity or God in three persons with Jesus being the second part of the Trinity both fully human, but yet fully divine. I think it's helpful, given that we have considered all of the different definitions we've given to Jesus in this series, that we spend a few moments considering how Jesus relates to and within this Godhead. And let me start by saying, I am going to be today that teacher that we all had in elementary school. That teacher who there was going to be a party later on, but she was going to make you do all the work first in class. I'm sorry in advance, okay? I'm just sorry, but that's just the way this goes in terms of the sermon. The Spirit writes it. I don't, okay? Now, some years ago, I heard the best definition of, a, of the Trinity was in a children's sermon that was given by Russ Conklin. For That's an old name for a lot of you who have been around a while. Right here on this steps. And he said, the Trinity is like H2O. You know, it could be liquid in the form of water, it could be vapor in the form of steam, or it could be ice in the form of something solid. You know, three phases, one entity, H2O. But I like John Wesley's explanation of the Trinity. He said the Trinity was like three candles in a room, but all of them giving off just one light by which to read. Debbie Thomas writes that in the 15th century, Russian iconic, the person who writes the icons or draws the icons, andrei Rublev created one called the hospitality of Abraham, also known as the Trinity. And here it is on your screen. It's one of the most well-known and beloved icons in Christendom. In it the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, depicted as the three angels who appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre, they sit around a table sharing food and drink. Their faces are nearly identical, but they are dressed in different colors. The Father wears gold, the Son blue, and the Spirit green. The Father gazes at the Son. The Son gazes back at the Father, but gestures toward the Spirit. The spirit gazes at the father, but points toward the son with one hand, and opens up the circle with another, making room for others to join the sacred meal. As a whole, the icon exudes adoration and intimacy. Clearly, the three persons around the table respect and enjoy each other. But it also exudes openness. There's space at the table for the viewer of the icon, for me for you, for us. As if to say the point of the great three in one is not exclusivity. God is not a middle school clique, but rather radical hospitality. Because the point of the three is always to add one more, to extend the invitation, to make the holy table more expansive and welcoming. In fact, the deeper the intimacy between the three grows, the roomier the table becomes. Likewise, the closer we draw to the three, the wider and more hospitable our hearts must grow toward the world. See, Diana reminds us that it is the Spirit that empowers Jesus to continually be present in the world. To separate Jesus from the Spirit is nearly impossible. Jesus wouldn't exist without the Spirit. Jesus would have been a humble tradesperson were it not for the Spirit. Jesus would not be a continuing presence in our lives today were it not for the Spirit. Christian theology is typically privileged knowledge about Jesus as the way to know the Spirit, but the Christian life works the opposite way. We can't know Jesus without the Spirit. So as we continue on today in the 14th chapter of John, again with the farewell discourse of Jesus, he talks about the spirit, the wind, the breath of Jesus. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it doesn't see him or know him. But you know him because he abides in you, and he will be in you. Two weeks ago, we considered the first part of this discourse when Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. In other words, don't let the pain and the grief of our impending separation cause you not to trust in God or in me. Things are going to change and they're not going to be good for a long time. But I'm going to go ahead to prepare a place for you because where I am, you will be also. But in the meantime, you don't need to worry about anything because the Holy Spirit will be with you. And because peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Jesus says, I do not give to you as the world gives. When you are experiencing uncertainty and change, when you're in the midst of pain and anxiety as so much of our world is, Jesus says, know that my peace is different. It's a transforming peace. It's a peace that allows us to move through grief and anxiety and pain to hope and love once more. It's the peace that says, hold fast to your faith in God who created you, who loves you, who weeps with you, and who longs to hold you and comfort you like a parent comforts a weeping child. It's the peace that I think of as God's spirit surrounding us, enveloping us from head to toe, and assuring us of God's love no matter how hurt our hearts are. You see, family, no matter what happens in this life, no matter what kinds of loss we are each experiencing, because all of us are going through something, when we feel lost or we feel lost and alone, when we claim the peace that Christ gives us, the peace that is not of this world but of God, it is then that we have something to hold on to. We claim the power of the presence of Jesus, the Christ that gives us hope. Jesus goes on to tell us that just because he isn't here on earth with us physically doesn't mean that we're orphans. He tells us he's coming to us day by day to be present with us in ways we can't begin to imagine, helping to co-create the story of our lives with us. An article I read a few years ago The author said, but there's something poignantly telling in Jesus' promise that he will not leave us orphaned. He's unfolding both the past and the future. He's revealing his divine identity, and he's telling us something about who we are and who we are to him. When he says he will not leave us orphaned, he's telling us that we are the children that God wants. We are not the consolation prize that God is stuck with because things didn't work out in the Garden of Eden. We, you and me, just as we are, we are the children that God wants. A little later in the farewell discourse, uh, we read the passage that started this entire series when Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I chose you, Jesus says. I call you friend, and you can call me friend, too. The assurance of Jesus' presence has sustained me and has sustained us as a congregation, both in person and online, over the past 20 months. Diana writes in the epilogue to the book that when she initially heard Jesus say, get me out of here, outside the four walls of the institutional church, she realizes now that, This pandemic has caused us to discover that Jesus is not confined to a building, even one as beautiful as this one. Jesus has been with us and has been present with us. Jesus has been with us at our tables at home. Jesus has been with us on walks and hikes, present in music and art and books and even visible in faces via Zoom. Jesus was with us when we felt we could do no more, overwhelmed by work and online school. Jesus did not leave us to suffer alone. COVID might have forced Jesus out of the church building into the world, but that reminded us that the church is more than the building. Church is indeed wherever two or three are gathered, even if the two, she says, is only you and your cat, I'd say you and your dog, but that's okay. And where Jesus is present in bread that regular people bake, bless, and break at family tables and homemade altars. She concludes, I didn't liberate Jesus from the cathedral, but a pandemic did. Jesus is with us here. So, family, going forward, we must be intentionally present with Jesus in new ways. We won't be doing ministry. We won't be being God's hands and feet in this broken and hurting world in the same way we did before the pandemic. So what does that mean? What will our online presence mean for in-person worship? What shape shape will we find future digital ministry options? Can they have an even greater impact than the ministries we had pre-March of 2020? The possibilities are there. And I know this is the way God is leading us. We just have to free Jesus up from the way we used to do things to boldly embrace a new future with Jesus the Christ. And so on this All Hallows' Eve, when we prepare this week and next weekend to remember the love and spirits of those who have gone before us, let us commit ourselves to opening our hearts to the Spirit in new ways. For remember, said Jesus, I am with you to the end of the age. Amen. Big shout out and thank you to Dave Whittaker who did double duty today both being our audio mixer and sound archiver as well as running our soundboard <laughs> which leads me to if you have sound experience and would like to learn this board and be part of the rotation we would love to have you join us we have a main sound engineer and a sub and neither of them were available today. So, we need to deepen that bench so we don't drive Dave crazy. Um, so, I just wanna say thank you to Dave for that. And one more time, let us thank John Wes for that wonderful, 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 wonderful And you can hear him again in the postlude. Go now, ready to free Jesus into your life. Allow Jesus to be with you, to walk with you, to be your friend and Lord and Savior, teacher, way, and presence. Go forth now in peace to love and serve the Lord. Amen.